It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! IO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there, Sergeant MVP, Aaron Brown. And you are you, and we're so thankful to have you listening tonight or watching, whether you're on YouTube or listening on your audio. Our audio numbers are through the roof, by the way, Aaron. Big time numbers this year. So thankful for that. And so if you are listening, do us a favor. Give us a five-star review. Let other great Buckeye fans know about us out there. We truly truly do appreciate that. This show is brought to you by Fansided. We're the official Ohio State podcast of Fansided and the Scarlet Endgame website. Go over to scarletengame.com. Read about your Buckeyes from articles written by yours truly and other great writers. We're also the official Ohio State podcast of Big Banter Sports. Go to bigbantersports.com. 14 podcasts for all 14 Big Ten teams. They've got articles. They've got podcasts. They've got a Twitter page that's on fire every single day. You're going to want to be a part of that community as well. Aaron, big game week this week. Purdue on the road. We're heading to West Lafayette. The show's going on the road this week. Going to find out what uh, what West Lafayette's got in store for uh, us Buckeyes when we get there. I'm looking forward to uh, hooking up with the Boiler Express podcast guys. But, hey, why don't you tell everybody, for those who aren't going to West Lafayette, how they're going to have to catch this game. All right, man. So on Saturday, it's going to be streaming live. (laughs) The jokes distract themselves at this point. The peacock. Come on, man. Come on, NBC. (laughs) Couldn't do better than that. Like, who is your marketing guy? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, there's someone from Purdue because they've been on there three times this year already. Yeah. Can can you imagine this fan base? They would be so up in arms. They're going to be all up in arms about this one regardless already. Uh, I can't imagine having three games on there. But anyways, let's dive into a little bit of the history. Let's go by the numbers with Ohio State and Purdue, Aaron. The Buckeyes lead this series 40-15 to in two ties. Last loss to Purdue, well, that was in 2018, a 49-20 to shellacking. 
crazy thing about that game, that is the game where Dwayne Haskins has set the all-time passing record in Ohio State football history, and we only scored 20 points in that game. Unbelievable. Also, that was the last game Urban Meyer ever lost in college football. Believe it or not, there's a there's a trivia question for you right there. Last meeting, that was two years ago in 2021. Ohio State won that one in the shoe, 59-31. to Again, last time we went to Purdue, that was the 2018 loss. Largest margin of victory was in 2013, a 56-0 win for the Buckeyes. Largest margin of defeat came back in 1967, 41-6. I can't imagine Woody Hayes after that game. Yikes. Ohio State's longest win streak over Purdue was only seven games from 1989 to 1999. That was Cooper, man. Cooper dominated Purdue. Joe Tiller. Purdue's longest uh, win streak over the Buckeyes, that's only two games. And that happened between 43 and 45. Ryan Day's record against the Boilermakers is 1-0, and this will be Ryan Walter's first game against Ohio State. Taking a look at the last 10 games between these two teams, there's a lot of Purdue on that list right there, including 04, 09, 11, and 18. Seems like Ohio State wins two, then wins one, then wins two, then wins one. So it looks like if you look at this uh, series, Purdue would be the ones in line for the victory next. But I just don't see that happening, Aaron. Um, before we break down the stats, let's talk a little bit about the fact that, believe it or not, Ohio State is 3-5 and five in their last eight trips to West Lafayette. As, uh, and no one has beaten Ohio State as many times since 2000 than the Purdue Boilermakers. That includes the team up north who holds two wins in a row over us. What gives, Aaron? Why are the Boilermakers such a thorn in our side when we go to West Lafayette? We're going to find out, by the way. Dude, I I wish I had the answer. Uh, the only thing I can come up with, man, is you know that the cradle quarterbacks. I think that's that's held true. They've had many great quarterbacks. And somehow, despite all the great secondaries that we've put on the field over the years, they find holes in our defense. And I, I just, it, it, I can't really give you an answer. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I'll tell you, Drew Brees in 99 broke all of our hearts, I think. That's mm -hmm. 64 yard pass at the end of the game to win it. No excuse for that. Even, even my all time favorite play as, as a Ohio State fan, Holy Buckeye, if that doesn't yeah. happen, that's an L. Yeah. And then we don't win a national championship in 2002. So there's something about going to West Lafayette. I don't know what it is. We're going to find out. This is my first trip there. So um, <laughs> hopefully hopefully it, they were just missing us, right? I don't know. Like, Dude, hopefully West Lafayette has more to do in that town than Bloomington does. Because <laughs> when we went there, dude, ugh, I'm not sure who decided that should be a college town. There is nothing there. <laughs> we just didn't go into town enough because I've been I've been to Bloomington. There's some stuff to do there. Uh, what, Bob but, for apples? <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. Let's look at let's look at some statistics, man. Why don't you break down Ohio State for us statistically heading into this game, Aaron? 
All right, man. So on the individual offensive side, we got Kyle McCord leading in passing. He's 93 of 142 for 1,375 yards, eight touchdowns, and only one interception. So he's taking care of the ball. Travion Henderson leads in rushing, 44 carries for 295 yards and five scores. And of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. leads in receptions in pretty much all those categories, 25 receptions for 499 yards and four touchdowns. On the defensive side of the ball, we got Tommy Eichenberg leading in tackles with 38. Uh, And with uh, one and a half sacks apiece, we got JTT and Mike Hall Jr., uh, at one interception apiece, we got Josh Proctor, Denzel Burke, Steel Chambers, Lathan Ransom, and Jermaine Matthews Jr. And one touchdown apiece on the defensive side of the ball, Josh Proctor, Tyleek Williams, and Jermaine Matthews Jr. Although I got to say, Tyleek Williams definitely had the best celebration. Uh, dude's got some dance moves. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and then kicking uh, is really only one man that's held those responsibilities this season, and that is Jaden Fielding. He's 7 of 7 on field goals with a long of 41 yards, and he's 100%, 22 for 22 on extra points. As a team, uh, the Buckeyes' total yards per game is 434.4 yards. That's good for 37th in college football. Third down conversion percentage is 40.3%, which is good for 67th. Red zone scoring, they're at 82.4%. That's 73rd. Total defense, we are number eight. Not too bad, considering what we've seen in the past. And turnover margin, plus four. And that is good for 11th. Uh, so that's that's the importance of taking care of the football. Penalties per game, 6.2. And that is good for 56th. So we're... Uh, a little around the 50% mark there for the field. All right, let's take a look at uh, what Purdue is going to be bringing to the table statistically. Not quite as good as Ohio State, but there are still some interesting stats to look at. Beginning with quarterback Hudson Card, you mentioned it earlier, Aaron, that this is the cradle of quarterbacks, but I don't know that Hudson Card uh, can necessarily be compared to some of the, the gunslingers that's come through West Lafayette before him. He's 136 on 214 passing for 1,491 yards, six touchdowns, and five interceptions. And this is uh, in six games, mind you, where McCord has only played in five. Devin Maccabee, the the walk-on running back superstar who earned a scholarship this year, 87 rushes for 368 yards and only four touchdowns. And they're led in the receiving department by Ian Burks, 24 receptions for 396 yards and four touchdowns. Looking at the other side of the ball, Dylan uh, Thienman, or Thienman leads the team and tackles with 53. Uh, Kydron Jenkins, four sacks. You got uh, Dylan again with three interceptions. I think it's Thineman. Thineman, maybe. Uncultured swine, my man. We'll have to ask the... Uh, Boilermakers uh, today, tonight, when we talk to them, what uh, how to pronounce that? Malik Langham has got one defensive touchdown for the Boilermakers. Kicking two different two different kickers, neither one doing all that great. Ben Freehill is one of three in field goals with a long of forty three. He's ten of eleven in extra points. And Julio Macias or Macias is two for three in field goals with a long of forty, and he's nine of ten in extra points. As a team, the Boilermakers 
are averaging 390.3 yards per game. That's only 72nd in college football. Much, much lower than what they are used to over there in Boilermaker land. Third down conversion percentage, they're at 45.5%. That's good enough for 33rd in college football. So they are doing pretty good on third downs. Red zone scoring, not not hot, guys. Again, this is some of that missed field goals coming to a, uh, account here. They're only at 73.9%, which is 110th in college football and red zone scoring. Total defense, also not looking too good. They're in the bottom half of college football, 76th in, in college football and total defense. They are negative three in the turnover margin, so they're coughing the ball up a lot. That's 63rd best in the CFB. Penalties per game, 6.33, 57th in college football. Aaron, as you look at these stats and you've broke down the film, which we're going to talk about here in just a minute, Buddy, I don't know. I, I'm I'm wondering here. Statistically, Ohio State should be should run away with this thing. Yeah, this. Listen, I'll be the first person to tell you guys, football's not played on paper, okay? But I'll tell you this: this this game here is about as safe as it gets <laughs> as far as winning. I mean. It, we say figuratively Ohio State would have to not show up. I mean, literally, the bus doesn't make it for some reason to the stadium. That's the only way Ohio State loses this game. They're calling for some maybe bad weather, uh, colder temperatures. That's cute. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I, dude, I can't find a reason. Their secondary is garbage. I, I made this comment last night to Dylan, and I'm going to stand true to this, get your reaction before we move on. Outside of Georgia Tech beating Miami and the way they beat them last week, a Purdue win would be the biggest shocker in college football this season. And I think it would stay that way for the rest of the season. Wow. I don't think there would be – short of Alabama or, or Georgia's FCS opponent winning against them, I don't see a bigger upset taking place. Hmm. All right. Well, guys, let's jump over now to a breaking down some film. Aaron has picked – uh, four different uh, uh, pieces of film, four different plays he wants to show us tonight and take a quick look at. Um, the first two are split zone blocking. So, Aaron, let's show them the first uh, uh, film here, and you break this down from the Purdue-Iowa game last week. Yeah, so this is – and listen, I know we run a spread, okay, and they're under, under center, but the concept is the same. You watch here – uh, number 83 is their tight end. He comes down and cracks the back end. That is what frees up that running lane. He secured that end. The tackle sealed outward. That sprung the running back loose. That is the key to this, mm. okay? You eliminate any backside threat. So normally, um, I think actually last week, Ohio State had a defensive end somehow escape into the backfield and get a tackle for loss on the running back. What a split zone does is eliminates that. There is no defensive end coming down the line to get a tackle. So the thing the that, yeah, and the thing about this I want to point out, is, and there was a lot of talk of this today at Ryan Day's press conference, is the inability of our offensive linemen to get to the second level in blocking. Watch how Iowa's linemen get to the second level on this play. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be paramount for us. Uh, and I th- honestly, I, I think that this is a great game for them to really work on that because Purdue's defense is just – they're not good, okay? I, I mean that with all respect, and I, I mean that. They're just – they're not a good football team. They're not the worst, but they're they're close. <laughs> they're rough. Um, let's move to the second. Let's move to the second split zone. <clears throat> All right. So this one was out of a shotgun. Okay. And same idea. 83 comes down. I think that's actually Eric all from, uh, if you remember him from that team yeah. up North, um, he's, he transferred over there with Cade McNamara. And again, you see him right there. He takes out one of the linebackers. Mm-hmm. He actually took out two players on that play. Yeah. That's what it takes. That's what we're going to need to have happen, whether it's G Scott or if it's Cade Stover or someone else, but that's uh, that's what we got to have right there. That's going to spring the running backs open. So, you know, you talked about inclement weather. This is a great opportunity to really pound in this foot, this this run game that, that Ryan Day wants to install so badly. And we have a, a rich history of running split zone. So this is a good opportunity, again, to really push that that point home of toughness that Ryan Day is so stuck on. All right, let's move on to the third piece, if we could, please. Got it. So on this play, I just wanted to demonstrate the weakness of Purdue's secondary. Okay. Eric all just, he oh, got loose. Sorry, he didn't wrong do anything. one. I oh. went to the wrong one. So this is Iowa pass. Got it? Yep. Yep. Got it. All right. This is where Iowa passed on him. Got it. Yep. So again, it's just a simple play action. Eric all just ran a little wheel route. You see that their linebackers are tough Borland fast. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) you know how I feel about that. Nothing against tough. He was a great linebacker for us for a couple of seasons, but he's not fast. Okay. That's just the way it is. (laughs) Uh, but you know, again, Eric all didn't do anything special. He just got around the edge there and he simply outran the safety outran the linebacker and, uh, he caught a touchdown pass off of a play action. That's something that I think, you know, we've used Kate Stover a lot this season, and I don't Mm -hmm. think that we use him exactly the way they just used Eric all. We have our own set of ways of doing things, but this could be a great game for Kate Stover again. And Iowa only had six receptions the entire game. So they're running the football constantly. So I know the free safety really bites on this hard. But, I mean, at at this point, he's probably looking run, right? Because that's all Iowa's done this whole game. And then, boom, there it is. So it might be a little bit of a role reversal against Ohio State. Maybe we use the pass, maybe hopefully to open up the run a little bit more in the second half. But either way, point taken, Purdue's defense can be had. Yes, they absolutely can. All right, let's move on to something that Purdue actually did decent at, which I'm going to tell you all, uh, through what, six games that they've played, I had a heck of a time trying to find anything that they did well. Um, <clears throat> but this is what's called a, a counter zone, all right? So you watch the two linemen just came down. They had a guy in motion. They seal that block. The running back made a good read, gets through there. Uh, there's really not a lot to look at here. I'll be straight up. You know, you just you got this. You got a, a pulling guard and a pulling tackle to to kick those guys out. Again, the running back made a good play. That's just simply something that we're going to have to watch for. I notice Purdue runs that a lot in the red zone, not necessarily near the goal line, but once they get inside the twenty, that's something they like to go to. 
but uh, they didn't have much success doing much else. I'll be honest. I don't see the, I, I could see a, in at least one interception this week is uh, Hudson card, man. That dude just is not it. He's not good. I, I, I didn't, he transfer from Texas. He oh, transferred from somewhere. Yeah, he transferred from somewhere. Let me look that up for you real fast. I, I it, it's it's not that important. It, it's just he transferred in from somewhere because he wasn't getting it done there either, and he's not getting it done at Purdue, you know. And if he's the best they got on there for quarterback, I, I again, I just there's just not a way that Ohio State loses this game. Yeah, you nailed it. He was Quinn Ewers' uh, backup. Yeah. Yeah, dude's so, just not Texas. that great, man. And they don't have the receiving core that they used to have. That, you know, Rondale yeah. Moore, guys. They, they got one dude, but he's not really uh, – he's not Rondale Moore at all. A lot of their success offensively is on broken plays, just to be honest with you. It from is. what I've watched. It is. Uh, it's him scrambling for his life, and the play goes on for eight seconds, and someone finally finds themselves open in a hole. Like that's yeah. been their offense, like for real. They yeah. haven't been able to run the ball very well. Their offensive line is broken. They've got a ton of injuries on both sides of the football. Hudson Card is literally running for his life most of the time. This is a game where if we play like we did defensively in the second half of that game against Maryland, where the line pins their ears back and gets uber aggressive and goes after the quarterback, we will create turnovers. We will give ourselves a lot of opportunity to put our offense in a good position, Aaron. Yes, and that's that's the key right there, man. You know, it, it, the defense has been very consistent all season long for us, and if they continue on that trajectory, this is going to be a long day for Purdue's offense, and it's going to be a short field to work with for Ohio State's offense, and that's what we want right there is capitalizing on defensive plays, turnovers, things like that, field position. There you go. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to play the video um, for or the I guess the audio for you who are listening of my interview with my good friend Dylan Kuhn from the Boiler Express podcast. We 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 talked a lot. It's a long interview. It's a long uh, segment, and we we actually did talk a little bit about football in there, but mostly <laughs> it's just us going off the rails. It's hilarious. You're gonna love it. And then when we come back, we'll give our predictions to wrap things up. So hang tight, everybody. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, and I am joined by my... Big banter buddy, Dylan Kuhn from the What's Boiler up, Express everybody? podcast. Gosh, it's good to see your smiley face, Dylan. Hey, man, happy to be here. It's always This is my favorite podcast besides my own. It, ditto, absolutely. Well, no, and you know, I grew up in down. Ohio. So like, I've always disliked Ohio State fans, but this show has brought a new light to me about Ohio State fans. We're not all douchebags. Not all of you. Some of you are great. A lot of you are great. I'll say it. You know, I wouldn't have said that before this, but you know, there you all are good good people. 
You know what? Let's let's just start here. This is I mean, we're we're already we're just taking off the rails right off the bat. That's right? what that's what I do. That's what yeah. I do. <laughs> You're notorious. Our for. slogan at Boiler Express Podcast is off the rails for a reason. <laughs> let's talk about crazy fans for a minute. Like I okay, so since since you guys are my uh second favorite uh big banter podcast after our own. Yeah. I follow you guys a lot. And so I see some of the I guess you could call it Twitter spatting that happens. And it, it's almost a relief to me because as an Ohio State fan, I feel like we fight amongst ourselves oh, like yeah. all the time. Why is it that people overreact so much during a football game? I don't know, man. We got people out in these Purdue Twitter streets or X streets, what you want to call them, who are comparing Walters to Daryl Hazel, which is like the utmost unfair uh, comparison you can make for a guy that is his first year as head coach. Uh, I mean, we were talking three games. The guys had been a head coach and people were comparing him to the worst coach in our program's history. And, and I don't normally get in debates on Twitter. I'm there for, for jokes and laughs, but I couldn't stand by and let that happen. You know, it, it just, it's so unfair to, to the guy's got his foot in the door and we're like, Oh, you're just like the worst ever coach. The f- nine wins in four years, the, you know, barely a thousand fans in the stands. Like you're, you're that guy. And you're like, no, that's not, it's a whole different. And, and I, I tweeted today. I said, this program isn't where it wants to be, but we're sure as hell better off than we were just a few, you know, before Jeff Brom came along. Um, and I mean, he's killing it at Louisville. I root for him, which it's, it, that's insane. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about Notre Dame and hillbillies, but they, it's like deliverance for them. Like, yeah. I feel like whenever Notre Dame schedules anybody from the state of West Virginia or Kentucky, it's like they hear the dueling banjos. They know it's an L. Like, <laughs> they know, just, they already know. The Catholics are like, oh no, we got to deal with Pentecostal people. <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know, man. It's weird. It is it's wild. So weird. But, like, there was no chance Notre Dame had, could win that game against Louisville. And I'm sitting there watching Brom, and I'm thinking to myself, what is Purdue thinking right now? You know, I personally, I root for him. Like, I, you know, he did great things at Purdue. You can't fault the guy for wanting to go home and coach the hometown team where he played. You know, his whole family is there anyway. So, like, it, 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 it was one of those situations where, man, like, he put us in a really good spot. He, he left our program better than how he found it. And really, that's all you can ask for. Um, and so I, I root for him. I'm not going to lie. You know, there's a bunch of guys on that team, you, you know, Plummer, the quarterback, and many others who are former Boilers. Uh, Plummer spent some time at California and then transferred over when Brom uh, announced he's going to Louisville. So, like, so I root for him. And we got two guys on our podcast who live in the Louisville area. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, Louisville. However you Louis. want to pronounce it. You gotta say it with like marbles. You gotta in your say mouth, it right? like you're puking. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. When I say Louisville, they're like, "Hey, Louisville," and I'm like, "All well, right, whatever." Did you play? Did you play baseball when you were a kid? Oh yeah. So you probably had a Louisville slugger. That's exactly. Thank you. you no Maybe one it's an says. Ohio thing. No one says. I just got a brand new Louisville slugger. Like no. <laughs> maybe maybe it's just us Ohio people. I don't know. I don't think a lot of. People realize I'm an Ohio guy, born and raised, still live in the Dayton area. Like I am surrounded by Ohio State people. I just happened to go down a different path. But <laughs> well, was it your dad a boilermaker? Yeah, yeah. My dad went I to mean, school there. So you were raised in it, right? Oh, yeah. I, if I wasn't a Purdue fan, my dad would have disowned me. You know, it was just how it is. No, my dad went to Purdue, uh, and that's how I, I grew up being a Purdue fan. Like my, yeah. I think my first football game, I was not even a year old yet. 
Yeah, so I, like, res- I respect the heck out of that, dude, because yeah. think about it this way. Like, so I can't stand the people who root for the team up north because they're like, they just want to be like, you know, I'm a thug. So I'm going to yeah. wear an M they just starter, piss you guys starter jacket from 84. And it's <laughs> like, you know, not dude, take kids a will pay good week. money for those starter jackets. Oh, man. I've worn one to a couple games and I've had college kids, kids come up and be like, I'll give you $400 for that. And I'm like, be careful. They might pull a gun on you. They may mug me in the mean streets. Your your starter jacket. Yeah. Listen, the campus is safe. The campus. I don't know, but (laughs) it can't be any worse than walking through downtown Columbus. Last time I was in Columbus, I was kind of, and I, I go there quite frequently, but I'm a big, I'll relate to your, your listeners, big Columbus crew fan. I love the crew. So really, you, know, you can't hate me all that much, guys. No. Well, they got the, they got your colors, right? I mean, no, that's, that's the thing. I think and a lot of people don't like their crew because they're Steelers. Still, I'm sorry, Steelers colors, or they're not. You know, they need to be scarlet and gray. Or one thing I do love when Ohio Ohio State fans get a hold of me and they're like scarlet and red, and I'm like, wait a minute, yo, I've had a lot of people be like, I love me the scarlet and red, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. I don't know uh, who they're yeah. talking about. <laughs> um, all right, man. So, anyways, let's get see. We got off the rails. Off Doesn't the take rails. Long with me. You know? I mean, we got off the rails on purpose, and then we took a U-turn off the rails. Um, okay. Speaking of off the rails, so <laughs> we were talking on the last episode. If there was any way possible we could drive the train onto the Ross Aid field there. Um, we want to make that happen. Remember Boomer Sooner a couple years ago when they oh, took yeah. the wagon out and they got they got it got loose. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, and the one woman one woman went flying she off went the back flying. of the wagon. I thought we, she may have been deceased when I saw that. What's the top speed of that of that train? Well, so we got two. We got the Boilermaker Special, which is the largest one, and then we have the Extra Special, which is the smaller version, which uh, leads the team out of the now Tiller Tunnel. Before it was just an inflatable train and very lame, but now we have a tunnel finally after all these years. Awesome, uh, yeah. So I fun fact about the Boilermaker Special: it's it's a car. I don't know what type of car it is underneath the shell of the train. Uh, it's probably something like a '98 Chevy or something. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I was in Chicago one time and Purdue's playing Northwestern. And why I didn't go to the game, I don't know. But uh, I think I was there for a bachelor party. Anyway, I I get out of my taxi to go to Target, and there goes the Boilermaker Special just trucking right along and i like my people it was the sound of my people and so yeah the boilermaker special itself is is incredible and then we have the extra special which is the smaller version that broke down running out or rolling out of the tunnel i think the first game this year maybe i think it was so there's we got all the trains you know you you need trains we we're your <laughs> we're your school i want to i want to get i want our podcast to get to the point to where at some point we can make a bet that if if uh we win i get to drive it (laughs) that would be fun i mean it's got the train horn it's got it all it's oh yeah i know they wouldn't let me anywhere near it but (laughs) (laughs) that's the fun in that well the fun part is is for every win we they attach i think the reamer club is the one who runs the train uh they attach a hat to the cow catcher on the front so if you guys lose this weekend there will be an ohio state hat on the cow catcher they're uh they're on front of the train well, let's hope not. Uh, let's hope. Yeah. What? <laughs> you, well, I mean, let's get into the game a little bit. I mean, we've had we could we could talk about anything but football all night long. You all know, night. But, okay, 
you guys are beat up, man. I yeah. just saw where this week uh, or today, Walter said there's like a couple guy, a couple starters going to be out for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Like stuff. It's you got things have gone from like bad to worse a little bit there. And then the Iowa game, which no one saw because that was on Peacock. Oh, the olds are real upset about that. Well, you guys have officially become like the Peacock like brand. Yeah. I mean, for some this, reason. For us, this is what your third game on Peacock? Yeah. In six games or seven games for you guys. Yeah. Anyways, um, there's there's gonna be Buckeye fans who have no idea how to do this, you know, no clue. Thankfully yeah. we're going to the game, so I don't have to buy the, the streaming service, but I will eventually because we found out this week half of Ohio State's basketball games are on Peacock. Really? Half well, of no, them. you guys don't watch those. You guys don't care well, about basketball. I do, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. See, but that's like I on your last episode, uh, you talked about how terrible value city arena is oh it's bad we uh, i've never been shockingly i mean i've been to the shoe i don't know how many times uh but for purdue games and i've been there for non-purdue games believe it or not i've gone undercover i've been on the field you've been believe, scouting i was on the field one time and uh we were at a <laughs> I, my dad and i were at a business convention that was in columbus and part of it was like we'll give you a tour of the shoe and my dad and i like oh well, yeah we you know like, not gonna pass that up and i get ready and i had a purdue jacket on and dad my dad goes you're you got to change. We don't want to get mugged. <laughs> so I stepped on the field and I was FaceTiming all my friends like, wow, they let me in here. Like, what? <laughs> I, mean, I thought you were going to say, say you're at one of the games where they storm the fields and you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you, when was the last time you guys stormed the field at the shoe? When was the last time? Yeah. Probably the come from behind win against Penn State. Oh, uh, that's yeah. I didn't think about that. I one. was there for that one. Oh, um, no, it was, it was the game against Michigan where we won in double overtime. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. That was a big one. Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Curtis Samuel game where in double overtime, he goes around the edge. It was also JT Barrett where they, they got, he got the first down in Michigan squares that he didn't. And Harbaugh goes like this and they're always complaining. You know, I was, someone had to tell Michigan fans that Harbaugh was actually alive at the beginning of the year. They, (laughs) they, they were, they were acting like the man had died. Well, they thought he was in prison. They thought he was a, you know, prisoner of war. Imagine Harbaugh in prison. Free Harbaugh, like he's in captivity or something. Like he's he's a POA. Like I mean, <laughs> POW. A, you know, like, come on, guys. Like Harbaugh would run a pod. Let me tell you. Speaking well, of no, speaking of rushing the field, the last time. Okay. Well, no, not the last time. One of the times I've rushed the field is 2018. Yeah. Which was, which was I got a. Let's see. I got a frame photo from 2009. I was at that game. That was fun. Uh, 20. No, not 13. Would have been 11, 12. I don't know. We beat Ohio State so many times. It's hard to keep in count. <laughs> so I was trying to tell the the Turtlehead guys, like, they're like, oh gosh, this is the, you guys got Purdue the week after that. And we're like, dude, we're more afraid of Purdue than you. Yeah. I and don't know what could, it is, but they could, they were like, what we're like, seriously, look it up. Statistically, Purdue has beat us more since the year 2000 than any other team in the big 10 and college football. And they're like, bull crap. We're like, look it up. Yeah. It's I think I, I saw a stat a year or so ago of the last game, the last away game of each of the like two or three last head coaches at Ohio state 
were a loss at Purdue. Mm. If I maybe I'm wrong. I'm not the stats guy. Mm. That's Frank on our podcast. But if that's right, then hey, good on me. If it's not, I didn't say anything. I know this much. The last time Ryan Day was there in 2018, he broke a school record. We oh. threw the football for more passing yards in that game than has ever been thrown in Ohio State game before, and we still lost by 20-something. Man, that's crazy. Speaking that's of Ryan Day, nuts. while I'm yeah. here, he dyes his beard, right? No, that is natural. No, there's no way that jet black at that age is natural. Oh, yeah. Are you- it's not it's not going to be jet black for much longer though. <laughs> this keeps happening. He's- he keeps getting he keeps getting mad at like 87-year-old men. I mean, <laughs> Ohio State coaches age like presidents. It's just they do. Look at Urban. It's, Look at Urban imagine. when he was hired and when he re- when he was hired and retired. It's so it's got to be span. so stressful. Oh my oh, god. I can't even I can't even I can't even imagine what it's like to be Ryan Day's family. Like you can't go out to the local grocery store. You no. can't go out to the local dinner spot. Like that's insane. No, this is how crazy Ohio state fans and I'm, I'm lumping myself into that category. So I went to a OSU hockey game, by the way, we're going to a hockey game this year. It's on me. Hey, you're I love com- hockey. You're I spent- coming up. Purdue doesn't have a hockey team, so it's we okay. We have a club you- hockey team actually. Do you but, really? Yeah. I'm a hockey I- guy. I spent four years in the federal hockey league in the minor leagues. Shut the front door. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, you I were didn't an play. enforcer, I, weren't you? I did not play. I was not good enough to play. But you were still an enforcer. <laughs> yeah, oh, I wish. There was a listen, there's been times I almost jumped on the ice to go, but you know, I I'd lose. There's no way. I'm a that lover, would, not a fighter. Could, could you imagine a you and me trying to race across the ice for fun? Oh, that would be hilarious. You know, we may have to actually do that now you bring it up. Just a couple big fellas skating on the ice. What else could go? What could go wrong? What could go what wrong? What could go wrong? Oh my <laughs> gosh! The the entertainment of that. Anyways, uh, so we went to a hockey game, and Ohio State's former offensive line coach Greg Strudrara, or Coach Stud as they called him, yeah. was there. And I'm like, dude, that's Coach Stud. So I went down and said hi. Got and Coach Stud. He was hilarious. He was yelling during the hockey game. A big hockey guy. Did not know yeah. this. And I got my picture with him, and I. This is this is when we knew the offensive line was in trouble years ago. He was like, "Hey, Coach Stud, I've got years of eligibility left." He literally looked at me and goes, "Come see me." <laughs> what? <laughs> we were. I'm like, Carl, we're in trouble. Offensive line's not looking good, dude. And they're recruiting off. <laughs> they the want street. a. They want a five eleven, three hundred pound man. Dude, they want a Rudy situation. That's he's, how bad like, things are. He's like, he's like, we could use a center. You're short and squatty, buddy. Oh, man, uh, you think in Ohio it'd be fairly easy to find some corn-fed, you know, big old, big old fellas. It's like Wisconsin. Wisconsin has a averages 300 pounds every year. Like it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. But anyways, again, we got off got off topic. Yeah. So so. Purdue is is not the same team that they started the season as lined up wise, but not at all. Um, where are you guys at mentally as as a program right now? Because I mean, you go into that Iowa game and you played them well. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have what was it? No receptions to a wide receiver. Six receptions the entire game. Yeah, and a twenty. I think the final score is what twenty fourteen. That's yeah. That's not a bad football team. You lose by six. Yeah, in their house, had them on the ropes. Well, we I've seen worse losses for a Purdue team. Let me tell you. 
So no, I don't, I mean, the mood is, you look at us, like the energy that was going on, like when Damon and I were on for the, uh, you know, the preseason show with you guys. And I mean, we're still excited. We still like Walters, at least from our podcast perspective, we're huge Walters guys. Um, and, and there's a lot of hype going into the season. You know, you're talking renovations, you're talking new coach, new energy, all this. And that's still there. We're still selling out games. People are showing up. People are excited. Um, but then this press conference today was kind of, at least for me, let the air out of the sails a little bit because you're talking about a lot of key guys going down with season-ending surgery or, or injuries, rather. So uh, right now it's it's a little we're, – we're still – glad to have you know walters he's a great guy you know we had a really good great win against illinois which i think you know he'll never say it was but i think it was a good win for him personally against his former team and coach and all that um so with the injuries it's it's kind of the injury bugs terrible no matter who you are i don't care if you're northwestern or ohio state or bama i mean well alabama can reload pretty easily but uh the injury bugs never never good and i don't think anybody at least i didn't expect a couple of season ending injuries for key players and an old lineman who were already, you know, they've shown a little improvement improvement, but the O lines kind of struggled a little bit this year. Um, but, but like I said, they've shown improvement. So right now it's, and, and when you go up against a team like Ohio state, who's a powerhouse every year, uh, even though historically we've played well against Ohio state, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't, I hope we win, I, but I'm a realist and, you got to take everything into, into consideration. And Ohio State's a daggone powerhouse, like I said. So it'll be interesting, that's for sure. As we record this Monday evening, uh, October 9th, six days to the game, I, here's where I'm at. I think, like, I expect Purdue to give us a good game. Yeah. I do not expect to lose. I, I also don't expect to feel um, – like we're going in the fourth quarter and we're I'm I'm sitting here going oh my gosh like we might lose this thing. I think we're going to win comfortably, but mm-hmm. I in no way shape or form think we're going to come in there and we're going to be up by 35 points by halftime. Yeah. I just don't see that happening. I hope not. I've watched enough Purdue. I mean gosh, you guys you guys blew the doors off Illinois. Yeah. Okay. You hung in game. there against Iowa. You almost really you should have should have won the game in all honesty. You should have beat Fresno State. You know, I'm just kind of going back in my head and thinking about the games I've watched. Yeah, uh, Syracuse kind of kind of got away from you a little bit. That was a frustrating game. Very Th- frustrating. That was because you again, I think you had you you you'd get momentum and then you would get it the rug taken out from you and then yep. you build about build about and then again one play boom. Yeah, that was that was frustrating. I could understand that one. And then Wisconsin to me felt like they're in your head. They've been in our head for 17 years. We haven't yeah, beat like, them in like 16 or 17 years. Like all of the good mojo, like you guys had the podcast before, felt like you guys were trying to convince yourself, we can do this. We can yeah. do this. And when you're in, when you're in that spot, which is ex- the exact spot we now find ourselves against, against Michigan. Mm-hmm. When you're there, they're in your head. Oh, yeah. Like it's so frustrating because you know, talent-wise, we're you're just as good, but it's almost like one bad thing happens, and immediately you go, "Here it goes again." Yeah, and and you mentally you've lost already. Oh yeah. To me, that feels very much what was going on there. So I'm going to be really interested this Saturday to watch 
from you know the Purdue side of things, like because it's Ohio State, do they say to themselves, "We've beat these guys before"? Yeah, you know, we can do this. It's, I hope. Like, I hope Walter shows them some film from past years. You know, just <laughs> just for the hell of it. You know, it's like we've been here before. We've done it before. Why not do it again? And this would be a very key win in Walter's, you know. Oh, it'd be massive. It would be huge. It would be, uh, you know, it would be the biggest one of the year by far. It might um, be the big. I mean, again, I'm not trying to. It might be the biggest upset of the season, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I would think I'm trying so. to. Well, Georgia Tech over Miami was huge because yeah. Georgia Tech Oh, sucks. the ending of that game. Oh, my God. I've seen Purdue lose in some very, like, heartbreaking ways. But at least that's never happened to us. <laughs> I don't know how the guy still has a job. I don't know. I would quit. I mean, I wouldn't even. I'd, I'd quit before they would fire me. It's and he's got the he's got the stones to tell the Miami media, I don't believe in taking a knee. <laughs> Buddy, take the knee, please. We I forget who the transfer was, but he transferred from Purdue to Miami, and in this uh, off season this year, he was like, the weather down here is so much better than at West Lafayette, and all of us Purdue fans like. Yeah, of course it is. It's Miami. Like, <laughs> no kidding. No shit. Like what? A, like, of course you're. What the, um, does the comment follow that? So is the co-eds. I mean, like, <laughs> listen. <laughs> He's like the weather down here is so much better. We're like, you're not wrong. I mean, you're not going to get a rile out of us. We we know where we're at. Like, what? Are we... <laughs> I wish there would be some recruits and some football players that actually tell the truth on things and be like, dude. I'm so glad I'm no longer going to Nebraska. The girls there are hideous. And there's cornfields like, for days. I mean, it's just like, like <laughs> oh, Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska, the poor, poor Nebraska. I'll tell sorry, you. Scullies. Sorry, yeah, sorry. They, they had they had so much hope. They were like the Purdue guys. They had so much hope coming. Into the then season. it gets crashing down. Welcome to our world. I mean, there's excitement and hope for Purdue, and then you just you just get disappointed. Oh shoot! Gosh, that's that's hilarious. All right, so you're beat up. Is at this point, is it basically like okay, let's throw the young guys in there, get them experience, and start to build for the future? I mean, he's recruiting really well. Yeah. Um, you guys have had what more four more four stars in the 2024 class than you've ever had before, right? Yeah. Did I did I hear that right? Yep. So I mean, is is it basically at this point, let's play the young guys and get them ready? Giving them yeah. experience and stuff, or is or is there still kind of like a we can still win the West feeling, or is that kind of out the window now? For me, I, I the whole win the West thing is, it, it, I don't, I don't know. I hate to be, you know, Debbie Downer, but I don't see it happening. Uh, it's just where we're at right now, and then you add the injuries we found about found out about today. It's just it'll be hard to do if it happens. Awesome. If it doesn't, eh, well, you know, we'll we'll get them. We'll get reloaded and and keep it. You know, do it again, but. All right. I'm looking at your looking at your schedule, Dylan. Let's find you four more wins because that gets you six to six and six. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're two and four. Hmm. All right. Let's let's find you four more wins here. We got Nebraska. It's a win. Minnesota. Minnesota always plays us tough. That's a win, dude. I'd be more worried about uh, Nebraska right now than I would be Minnesota. That's true. Yeah. The PJ PJ Flex got one foot out the door, dude. (laughs) He's ready to dip. He's taking his quarter zip and shirt and tie, and he's rowing the boat on out of there. I can't wait for the Bacon Wire podcast when he signs on as the next Michigan State head coach. Oh, no, I didn't even think about that. I thought they were getting Urban. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's what they want. I Urban, couldn't imagine Urban. Urban is going to go somewhere warm, 
if he yeah. if he coaches again or Notre Dame. Ooh, Notre he Dame will, would be wild. He coached at Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. He's Catholic. He was a Notre Dame fan as a kid. The do they, trifecta. Do they have bars? Can he get on the plane by himself instead of with the team? Can <laughs> I mean, at this point, the Notre Dame fans would be like, hey, all you kickers, take one for the team. We're bringing Urban on. Well, I see, and I love Mark. Personally, Marcus Freeman was here during the Hazel years, and I always liked Marcus a lot. And yeah. I know he's obviously a Buckeye. But uh, I, I I can't root for Notre Dame. I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it literally ever. Um, unless they play Indiana, then I'll root for him. But uh, I just – but I like Marcus. I think Marcus is a good coach. I think he's a good guy. But that's another – you know, we were talking about stressful jobs for, you know, a guy like Ryan Day. Notre Dame has to be a very stressful job. I mean that – Yeah, yeah, I I agree. There, not only do you have just the, the media – which is larger and the fan base, which is huge. So you're yeah. going to hear a lot of chirping, but you also have to deal with like their board of regency and, and what they call like, and the religious aspect of that with yeah. the Catholic church, like the, they call them the fathers. Yeah. Like who have control over Notre Dame. It's crazy. It, 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 a lot of people don't realize that the flow of money in that university is very different than say at Ohio state or Purdue. Yeah. Like extremely different. Yeah. And so the criteria that the coach has to follow is so much more strict and beyond the borders of a normal university athletic department. It's wild. Um, so I don't know in, in all honesty, I'm just being dead honest. I don't know that Notre Dame will ever get back to what they were yeah, in the eighties because of that criteria. Um, they're, they're going to have to, they're going to have to say we we're going to play ball with the big boys. And that yeah. means stepping out more and doing NIL things. It means you're going to have to let go of some of your traditions, oh, yeah. you know, all of those things. Um, pretty interesting, but yeah. So Ohio state's going for the trifecta in the state of Indiana. We went on the road in Bloomington, took down the Hoosiers. Love it. Which, which by the way, their stadium announcer might be the most annoying human on the planet. Most of them are. <laughs> most of them are. I mean, it, uh, I mean, there's there's photos. I forget who Indiana played. I mean, it was last year, two years ago, where like goose poop was covering the seats, and and so us Purdue fans took that, and we still use it to this day. It's just you know, I don't know. Indiana's Indiana. You know, they got banners that are a hundred years old, and they got asbestos built into them, and. You know, they always they're going to call them big themselves, big brother. But we all know who the real big brother is in that. Right. Every time they would get a first down, that announcer first down. Hoosier, and Sounds like, like he's taking a deuce scoreboard, dude. Yeah, I know. It's Tone tough. it down. It's tough. All right. So then we go into South Bend, which first time since 97 or 96. Can't remember which. Great game. Took them down with the last play of the game. Oh, dude. So we're in Pittsburgh for this mm. game. Oh, that's right. You had your watch party. We took the podcast uh, to the Pittsburgh Alumni Association, the OSU Alumni Association of Pittsburgh. Went to beer. Uh, um, uh, blah, what's his name? It's Mike's Beer Bar. Okay. Went right across from PNC Park where the Pirates play. Ooh. Awesome place, That man. sounds Just, awesome. Yeah, they bring you out a steak on a stone. 
and you cook it yourself. You're speaking my language. Oh, it was, it's gorgeous. Oh, oh, man. Anyways, long story short, great time at the game. There are uh, Mike Wargo, which is the Rudy of Ohio State. Okay? I, remember, I, I remember hearing you say that on the show, yeah. Watching Notre Dame, who had a Rudy, okay? This is just, <laughs> you can't write a better script. Perfect. He's there. Chris and I are there. There's about 45, 50 other Buckeyes taking over the bar. And we're all on our feet. And literally, the last play happened, and we bust out into Carmen, Ohio as a group. Oh, man. that's cool. It was that's awesome. awesome. Great, great, great memory. Just a great memory. But anyways, that's really so cool. we, we went into Bloomington. We've gone into South Bend. We're going for the trifecta. West Lafayette, man. I, I hope we ruin it. I hope we ruin that. <laughs> I hope we ruined that trifecta. Yeah, that is pretty cool. You've gotten all three in one year. Yeah, like I don't think it's ever happened. I don't know that there's ever been another team right. playing no. Purdue, Indiana, Notre Dame on the road and beat them all three, all three of them. I don't know that it's ever happened in college football history. But it ain't I, I don't know how. I don't even know how to look that up. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope like we it don't. Only it it could only be a few teams that have ever played all three teams in the same season yeah i don't on the remember road. like i don't ever remember a team playing all three in the same season like over a few a big, years sure but it'd have to be a big 10 team yeah oh yeah it would probably have to be one of the original so oh, you're looking at the, the original 10 minus you guys so now we're down to eight yeah so you know and then they would have to had have that played notre dame with it so you're looking at maybe the team up north Possibly Michigan, Michigan State. No, I don't like no, no. The fighting Michigan hair, is that... the the fighting hairballs. Uh, <laughs> Sparty. It wouldn't be Penn State. They no. weren't the originals. People forget that. I think a lot of times people think Penn State's an original, but they're not. No, uh, in fact, Michigan State's not original. Yeah, that's another wild. It was one. it was Chicago. Rest in peace. Like, how wild would that be if, if we're like, I think we were talking about this at the early beginning of the season, after all the problems Northwestern had, the Big Ten's like, yeah, <laughs> I think we're going to go with Chicago now. <laughs> now, my dad said when, when back in the day, it was back in the 70s, that there were rumors that they were going to bring Miami of Ohio and kick out Northwestern. They're kind of going to do a trade. Which would be great because Miami of Ohio is like 30 minutes from my house. Yes. So Purdue playing a 30-minute away game would be awesome. Athens, Ohio, baby. Or, no, uh, no, 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 it's, it's Oxford. Uh, Oxford, Oxford, Ohio. Yeah. Athens is Great little at. town. Oxford's yeah. an awesome town. By the way, my have you been on Miami's campus? Oh, yeah. plenty. Of, I go to hockey games there all the time. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Oh, yeah. Have you been to the hockey arena? No. We'll have to do it. We'll have to do it for sure because it's they, it's it. only it's not even I don't think it's even ten years old. It's really nice. Yeah, Ohio State's about ready to build a brand new hockey arena. Good. Are they? Do yeah. they play in Value City? They do. They curtain off the top. <laughs> oh, that's tough. That's yeah. Tough. It's like oh, we're playing in this giant arena. <laughs> you can hear the puck like echoing off the boards. I love it. Love yeah, it. you can hear the players cussing at each other and like There's plenty of that. And Us hockey in. guys are bilingual. We know uh, English yes. or our native language and then cursing. My mom, <laughs> Tri trilingual. My mother, God love her. 
she when I started like getting into the hockey world, she's like, You're cussing too much and it's being around all those hockey guys all the time. And I'm like, You're not wrong. Like sorry. the best would be when she said it, you smile, you're missing a tooth. Oh yeah. Hey, I got all my all my chicklets are still <laughs> now here. Now you look like them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we we would have I had we had a, a a deal with a local dentist office that they would have free sponsorship. They could do whatever they wanted as long as they fixed our guys' teeth. And that's minor league hockey. <laughs> Uh, what a oh world my it gosh. was. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right, so we're coming in the West Lafayette. I want you to tell our listeners, Ohio State fans, why or how Purdue wins this football game. If they do, it's going to be close. There, There's no way you're going to see another 49 to 20. Like, I just don't think that's plausible at this moment. Um, it'll be a gritty win. It'll be, you know, in the trenches. Uh, if it is, I, I de- the defense has to step up, you know, in a big, big way. Uh, we've had some great uh, play from our wideouts lately, uh, so the, hopefully, you know, they kind of keep Marvin Harrison Jr., who is an absolute beast. That kid is something else, just like his old man. Uh, we're going to have to keep him at bay, which I think is going to be obviously is going to be extremely difficult. Um, I think our running game with Mockaby, Tracy, and Dylan Downing. Uh, they're going to have to, you know, show up and show out. Uh, Mockaby is going to have to protect the football a little better, um, and, and among other things. And Hudson Card uh, is going to have to go out. You know, he's going to have to go off and and have a big showing and and really, you know, use his feet along with his arm, which we know he can do both. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But I, I think if if Purdue does come out with the win on Saturday, it's going to be a, a one of those classic Big Ten rough tough you know just big 10 football we're talking fullbacks we're talking all that stuff the kind the kind of the kind of play that ryan day like has wet dreams about but apparently it's we're not good at right right now it's gonna be a gritty win if if purdue does pull it out it's gonna be a gritty win and it's probably gonna be low scoring if we do win uh i just have you know i i know ohio state's offense is is when you got guys like marvin harrison jr like i said guys can play um, but, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I don't know. I really going into this game. I, I really don't know what to expect when you talk about injuries, young guys having to step up, uh, really fill in those roles, um, and fill in those spots. It's, it's going to be interesting. And, uh, I think our defense is going to have to show up in a big way. I think Hudson card is going to have to have to have a great game along with the running game is going to really have to give us a little breathing room. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I, is there, I'm always optimistic. I always think going into any game that there's a way Purdue can win if they execute and and do what they need to do. Like you know the stereotypical answer every coach gives you, but um, I I if if they do win, it's going to be one of the grittiest games of the year. Like it's going to be the, that rough tough game. Like I said, how old were you in 2002? Six, seven. <laughs> See, I'm 27. So yeah, I was a youngin. I was a wee lad. I'm the youngest on our podcast by a mile. I was a junior in college. Oh, Oh, you old. Oh, man. (laughs) Look at that salt and pepper in my beard. (laughs) 2002, man, was my favorite Ohio State game moment of all time. I want to feel the ghosts of Holy Buckeye when I walk into your stadium, man. Man, I just watched uh, our guy, Stu Schweigert, who played at Purdue, played with the Raiders for a long time, has a lot of highlights from his time at Purdue. And I just watched the 2003 game which I was at that game uh, when, when the overtime you guys won by a game-winning field goal. 
And I remember being at that game and I went with my dad. And like I said, I was like seven or eight. So I was a small little guy and uh, all the Ohio State fans wouldn't let me sit, sit down. So I had to sit on my dad's lap for like the first quarter. And then my dad said, you know, every time they score, they're going to stand up. So I'm going to sit you down and we're going to scoot and we're going to get our seats that way. And we had to we really had to fight for me to sit, to sit in a seat. So, uh, no, but I was at I was at that 03 game. 03 was at the horseshoe, wasn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure was. Yeah. Yeah, 02 was Holy Buckeye, which was the single, in my opinion, single greatest play in Ohio State history. That that play never happened. The championship for Trestle never happens if that play doesn't take place. Yeah. And that was that was an incredible moment. I can't. Oh, no, Holy to Toledo was pretty good. Holy Toledo. Yeah, what it was Drew Brees. God, why can't I remember the wide receiver's name? Against Ohio State, what year would that have been? I think it was the Rose Bowl year, maybe. I don't know. I'm not the historian of our I don't want to talk. You, so did, was your guys', your guys call? Did you guys call that Holy Toledo? No, Brett Musburger did. During the play, so yelled oh, Holy yes. Toledo. He, yes, Holy Toledo. Yeah, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. All right. See, yeah, I'm just the funny guy on our podcast. But, I don't know stats. But, I don't know historian stuff. Really. Yeah, but he also gave out the holy Buckeye on that play. Yeah. Well, okay. He was a legend. Well, can, I mean, I think he still he I was, think he, dude. He still calls games, just not college. Ever since the uh, AJ McCarron girlfriend incident, <laughs> incident. <laughs> then they kind of put old Musburger on the shelf. Well, buddy. <laughs> You know, speaking uh, of old ESPN guys, when Ryan Day called out Lou Holtz, I did really enjoy that. That was kind of cool. I know he got some grief for it, but I kind of liked it. The running joke from here on out is that we want him to find old people to be angry at. <laughs> Let's see, does Purdue have any old people he can, he can be yeah, angry but, at? I, don't <laughs> I mean, somebody somebody there wronged him in some way, shape, or form. We, we, love, we love angry Ryan Day. Yeah. And last week, it was the ref. He had it out on the sideline with the official. Did you see that? I love when a head coach just rips into an official. Oh, yeah. So this official and him had – had they exchanged more than words. They probably – he probably got his phone number. Um, <laughs> the official gave him a sideline warning. Whatever. It happens every game for every coach, right? Yeah. Then later in the game, Ryan Day is – Behind the white line, like on the on the edge of the back of the white line. Yeah. Official, kid you not, takes a banana route to go bump into him <laughs> oh, to throw the flag. And that's... Ryan's like, are you kidding me? You ran into me. I didn't run into you. I was not in your way. So they're having words, right? Later that drive, okay? We throw a touchdown to Marvin Harrison Jr., he throws a flag. He waited until the ball was in Harrison's hands to throw the flag to then say illegal motion. So that guy had money it, on the game is what I'm and saying. And it was not – that's what the rumor is. That's what the rumor is. And then Ryan, Ryan, Ryan runs the same play from the other side. We get the same touchdown. We get a touchdown out of it. And he is just chewing out this official. The entire television commercial, they are just – and like literally the other officials had to do the Major League Baseball thing where they step in and hey, go. <laughs> like, <laughs> so his face was blood red behind that dyed black beard? Oh yeah, he, the rosy red assassin came out, man. <laughs> Love it. It's just the Lou Holtz and the fact that Lou Holtz interview was on the Pat McAfee show. I'm a big Pat guy, 
and it's with a Lou Holtz impersonator <laughs> just made it even better. It's just it's so it's so college football. That's why I love it is. college football. It is. I love it. I, we just we've just we've been hammering them all the time. It's a lot of fun. Lou so. doesn't even know what Twitter is. Like he just <laughs> Uh, Lou Holtz. What a He's gem. like, I don't, I, I think Notre Dame's still better football team. I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but. <laughs> and I, I think they interviewed him later on. I forget who it was, but he was like, I had no idea Pat McAfee had that many listeners. Like, he didn't even know the show he was on. Like, just, <laughs> I didn't know it was that big of a show. <laughs> Who's Pat McAfee? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> who, who listened to this shit? Like, what? A- <laughs> Oh, hey, man. That's Dylan Kuhn. He is the star. I'm calling him the star. Oh, I like it. Of the Boiler I'm Express the only one podcast. that showed up today, man. So I'm the star. That's right. Me. That's right. There's hey, five we, of them. Don't we have a trophy for uh, Saturday? Yes, we do. Oh, I hope oh, it's yeah. ours. I hope it's going It's going <laughs> to be worn. No one's going to wear this thing until someone wins this football game. They'll get the uh, rivalry trophy, the first ever Big Banter rivalry trophy. Oof, We're going to reveal it. that. We're going to reveal that to probably tomorrow night on Did your I guys' spoil show. No, no. Okay. We... <laughs> just, yeah. just making sure. <laughs> no. we'll it's all good. <laughs> it's all good, man. Tell everybody, Dylan, where they can check your podcast out at. Hey, man, we're everywhere across platforms at Boiler underscore Express on Instagram and Twitter. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. We stream live every Tuesday night at 9. Uh, these guys, hopefully Chris will be alive enough to do it. Uh, but we'll be live tomorrow night at 9 p.m. with Eric and the rest of the Boiler Express crew who all have jobs and stuff at night yeah. and they can't mo- couldn't make it tonight. I, I but... think Aaron's going to be on with us too. So oh, be two let's of us. go. There we yeah. go. That would be fun. They were yeah. scared tonight. I get it. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm so intimidating. Well, well <laughs> they didn't want they didn't want to compete with the linemen tonight. So <laughs> I get it. Linemen are just they're 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 handsome and intelligent. What can I you say? I know, man. And I I got your podcast is great. You guys kill it. I'm in the comments. Most I think every show I pop in the just comments. About, yeah. People are probably quite confused why the Purdue guys in every comment, but I enjoy <laughs> listening to the show. And, we have uh, a good time. It's we a great a show. Time. You guys kill it. I Thank think you so I much, think man. you our two podcasts. Do we run banter? Maybe. Who's to say? Who's to say? But there, yeah, yeah. What <laughs> it's still still one of my favorite things is when I was on Victor's Nation. I go, you guys do realize that there's really only two podcasts on Big Banter that matter, and they're like, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, yeah, it's us and the Purdue guys. <laughs> we run the show. What are they're you? They're like, wait, about? what? <laughs> <laughs> the Purdue guys. What do we? Oh man, I love it. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. All of you, make sure you uh, check that out. It'll be live on the Boiler Express podcast on YouTube tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Come be a part. Just jump in the chat. Have a bunch of Buckeyes jump in the hey, chat. Come That'd hang be out. We're, we'll be we'll yeah. happy to have you. Yeah, and then that Midwestern and then, welcome. Yeah, and then you and I are also the special guests on the Big Ten Huddle this week. Oh yeah, I'll probably have to act like an adult there, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think of it like this. He's going to want to talk about the game. By then, we've talked about it enough. Yeah. We're going to be like, eh, it's just a game. Let's talk about how bad the other teams in the Big Ten are. <laughs> exactly. Let's batch the other teams. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my plan. By the time that show's over... J, you know, poor Jr. is probably going to have to write an apology letter to Big Banner. On our I haven't met Jr. yet. We've messaged on Slack, but I haven't met him yet. And I, I don't know if he's watched our show, <laughs> but uh, he invited me on, and I said, "Buddy, I, I, I hope you don't find this to be a mistake." But I'll do it. If Eric's on, I'm on. I'm there. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. He's your he's your doppelgamer because oh, so he's handsome and bearded. 
No. He's a Buckeye fan who lives in Indiana. Oh. We look at us. It's a weird it's world like, to live in. It's the upside down, man. <laughs> I, I put my flag out, my Purdue flag in front of my house, and my neighbors are like, that son of a gun. <laughs> How dare you fly that here? <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, thank you so much, Dylan. Appreciate it, my man. Looking forward to the game. All right. All right. It's that time of time of year, time of day, I guess, or time of the week. There you go. I'll get it eventually. It's been a long day. Yeah. Um, it's time to give our predictions. Now, last week, we had two people, Aaron, who were one point away from nailing the score, which which was really good. We've only had one person, since we've been doing this for four seasons, one person hit the exact score. Do you remember who it time. was? She was from she was from Florida because I remember sending the shirt to Florida for her. That's right. That's right. It was, was a female. I remember that. Yeah, she was so excited that she got the score right. Now we have had less people predict than we've had in the past because I'm forcing everybody to put it in the comment section on the YouTube video this year because we're trying to drive more eyeballs and traffic to our YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this on our audio portion and you want to participate and possibly win some merch from us here at the OHIO podcast, go to our YouTube channel, go to youtube.com at, and then just put in, in the search bar, search bar, the Ohio podcast at the Ohio podcast, the little at symbol, the Ohio podcast, one word, it'll take you right to our page. Make sure you subscribe, like ring the bell. So you get notified of every video. We usually have a new video almost every single day. Plus we go live every single Sunday at eight o'clock Eastern. And you can be a part of those live shows in the chat. We have very active chat. That is very intelligent. I might say I go on a lot of these shows, Aaron, and the people in the chat are trolls or just unintelligent. We even have people from other teams, fans of other teams come to our show to chat because we're intelligent. How about that? Imagine well, that. They didn't set the bar very high, did they? No, <laughs> they did not. <laughs> All right, Aaron, here we go. Let's go ahead and show everybody our score predictions for this Saturday. All right. So we will you go with Chris first, who's recovering from double pneumonia. Hopefully he'll be good to go for our trip to West Lafayette here in a few days. Chris says it's going to be a blowout. 45 to 3 is his prediction. Aaron, you're you're close on the offensive side. You actually gave them a little bit more uh I guess on the <clears throat> offense than uh, what Chris did. You said 42 to 13. Aaron, I'm at 34 to 14. I'm a little even a little closer. How did you come up with 42 to 13, bud? Because you're right, they do. They capitalize on broken plays often, and I expect to see a lot of broken plays. And as good as Ohio State's secondary has been, they're human, and it's going to happen. Um, I, I feel like it's going to result in one touchdown and two field goals. That's just, you know, I, I think that's realistic, a very good possibility that that happens. Okay. I... um. I still have a little bit of PTSD from 2018. That's fair. I'm not going to lie. Like you look at, you look at this historically and 
it is crazy to me to think that Woody Hayes, Earl Bruce, Jim Tressel, Urban Meyer all went into West Lafayette and, and suffered losses. Cooper's the only one somehow Unreal. didn't lose in West Lafayette. And I, I don't know. I just got it. I got like this. I just don't think, I mean, I don't think Purdue's good enough to beat us. I know they're not good enough statistically and, and athletically to beat this Ohio state team, but there is something seriously wrong in the water at West Lafayette for Ohio state. And I still feel like it scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So even though I feel we win comfortably at 20 points, that in all honesty, Chris's prediction is probably right. Like yeah. he, we should, we should <laughs> beat, we should beat them soundly. Yes, but I, we will. I just, I just, I feel that anxiety a little bit, man. I ain't gonna lie. Like you know what anxiety is, Eric? What's that? It's fear. Stop being afraid. <laughs> <laughs> truthfully it is fear but it's that's it's not ah you know but yeah it's it's understandable it's it's haunted me too i mean that's all my life i mean you've been alive longer than i have so imagine oh, thanks chris, imagine thanks. no i'm getting let me let me finish all right imagine how chris feels he was there for those two or how many ever streak in the 40s when when we we couldn't get them all right <laughs> Oh, are you, Chris, are you, are you, when we, when we start traveling Saturday morning from Indianapolis up that way, are you going to be like, so Chris, tell me, what was it like to lose two times in a row to Purdue? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Oh, shoot. No, I, I, I'm excited about this guys. Hopefully we get some really good content from the Boiler Express guys. Uh, when we get there, I know Lenny's coming up. He's him and his buddies are driving. There's going to be a huge contingent of Ohio State fans there. I have heard the rumors that there's a lot of Purdue people selling their tickets to Ohio State fans. And they after going should. and after going two and four, I mean, yeah, I can understand why they might want to recoup some of that. But we're going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we've given our predictions now. Do you have any other predictions or anything you would like to see, Aaron? What do you want to see Ohio State do that will make you feel better going into the big game against Penn State next week? I want to see him establish the run game above all else. I have no qualms against the defense. I'm okay with what I have seen so far. I need to see them establish a run game intentionally. Go in there with the purpose of establishing that because we can throw the ball. We've seen that. We know this. Is it the prettiest? No, but we do get it done, okay? Running the ball, there's no reason a dude should run 20 times for only 60-something yards. So I want to see an intentional, direct effort, and let's get this run game moving. We got a week before this game. It's important. We have to have a run game against Penn State. Yeah. Um, we need to stay healthy. There's, oh, yeah, a very of course. Good, there's a very good chance that Mecca Agbuka doesn't play in this game, uh, given how, how he you know left – Last week's game, give him an extra week of practice, uh, extra week of healing. No need to throw him out there and make the injury worse. Um, I would love to see us get out to a big enough lead that we can actually sit the starters in the fourth quarter and, and, and get some of those backups more playing time. 
because um, you don't know when the injury is going to hit and you're going to need one of those guys. We have not had a lot of second, third string field time again this year. So that's something else that I hopefully we can see. Stay healthy, get a big lead early, establish the running game. I think those are three good big keys to the to victory and what we would want to see. All right, drop your prediction down in the comment section below on this video for your chance to win. You guessed the score rightly. We're going to send you some OHIO podcast merch. Remember, be kind to one another. IO Summons OH is in Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. Till next time, OH. IO. Go Bucks.